It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to yet another Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys here. Excited to talk about yet another win. See, this is nice. Like I said the last couple weeks, it's nice to talk about this winning feeling. It's, you know, obviously things change. It's ex- when you're winning, it's a lot better. It's a much more exciting feeling. Uh, things are definitely looking great now for the Panthers. A, a lot better feeling than the last time we were talking about the Panthers game against the Buccaneers when the Panthers were 0-2. That feels so long ago, doesn't it? It's now four straight victories for the Carolina Panthers. Big win for them. The Carolina Panthers go into London and they have a jolly old time in jolly old England. And they, they beat the Buccaneers 37-26 to to move to 4-2 and now in the regular season. Their fourth straight victory. Kyle Allen just continues to do his thing. He went 20-32 of 32 for 227 yards. Looked pretty good, as always. Two touchdown passes. Uh, it was a quiet day for Christian McCaffrey, though. Uh, a couple of weeks with over 150, close to 200 total yards. Sunday, he only ends up with 56, or excuse me, 57 total yards on offense. He only ran for 31 yards on 22 carries, and he only had 26 receiving yards on four catches. So the Buccaneers did do a really nice job of slowing down McCaffrey again, just like they did in the first week. Uh, about the, the same number, actually, I think even a little bit fewer of a number of total yards that McCaffrey had in this week six game versus what he had in week two. But McCaffrey, uh, to the delight of his fantasy owners, did score twice. So the the scoring continues for McCaffrey. So the yards weren't necessarily there, but the, the touchdowns were. So the production overall was there. One receiving, one rushing for Christian McCaffrey. Similar story for Curtis Samuel, who you can kind of say this was kind of his breakout. He's had some good games so far this season, but this was kind of the the breakout game, I guess we'll say. This was his, because I don't recall him having uh, multiple touchdowns yet. I could, I could be wrong, but he did have one rushing and one receiving. He had an eight-yard rushing touchdown and a... And he also added a receiving touchdown, which was one of four catches for him for 70 yards. So big day for Curtis Samuel. But you could even argue that even bigger day belonged to the Carolina Panthers defense led by James Bradbury, who came away with 10 tackles, which actually led the teams. Luke Kuechly only had six tackles, but James Bradbury also with Two interceptions, two big interceptions. That was that was two of five, actually, by the Panthers. That's where 
That and the sacks were the big key for the Panthers. They sacked Jameis Winston seven times, including two and a half. Two and a half sacks, I believe. Uh, there was two each from Gerald McCoy and Bruce Irvin. Uh, Brian Burns had a sack. Dontari Poe had a sack. But seven total sacks for Christ- or for the Carolina Panthers defense and five interceptions, again, led by James Bradbury, who had a pair. Javian Elliott had a pair, or had one, excuse me, had one interception. Luke Keekley had an interception, and Ross Cockrell also had an interception. So nice to see these uh, these backup corners, backup defensive backs, really stepping up in place of the injured Dante Jackson. Of course, Elliott's a guy we really hadn't been talking about over the first few weeks of the season, but he came up big on Sunday, six tackles and an interception. And again, Ross Cockrell with that interception. Uh, Vernon, Vernon Butler, too, really... Stepping up big after K1 Short's gone down uh, two sacks on Sunday. He now has uh, three sacks for the season. But again, big big way he's been stepping up uh, in the last couple weeks since Short went down. But bottom line, big total team win again for the Panthers, which has become the theme for this Panthers team over the last four weeks. They've not just been doing it on offense. But they've been doing it on defense with, and it's been a whole host of guys, whether it's been Burns with sacks or McCoy with sacks or Addison, everybody's getting involved. And then interceptions wise, this defensive back group is really starting to step up. So it's been a total team effort. And that's a big reason why the Carolina Panthers are now four and two winners of four straight and have a lot of momentum now going into their bye week as they come home from London and they're going to need some rest and they're going to need some time because their next opponent, as we know, is very, very good. And that is the five and Oh San Francisco 49ers. We'll see if they're still undefeated when we get to that, when we get to that game as the, but in all likelihood they will be as the 49ers travel to Washington to take on the Redskins. So there's a very good chance that the Panthers will be taking on the 6-0 San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco in Week 8. But big win for the Panthers as they remain a game behind the Saints for first place in the NFC South. So big ups, big props to the Panthers, and let's see if we can keep this rolling. Across the rest of the NFC South, of course, the Saints continue to roll. Teddy Bridgewater and company. Just keep playing well. Uh, they just have not lost a beat since the since the loss of Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater has them rolling. Uh, hasn't lost yet, actually, if you recall. He's now 4-0 as a starter. Saints have also won four straight. Tight defensive battle, though. Again, this was another game where Teddy Bridgewater really didn't have to do a lot. Uh you know, numbers were decent, 24-36, 240 yards on the touchdown, but not a lot rushing the ball. Uh, it was actually Latavius Murray who led in rushing with 44 yards, as Alvin Kamara only had 31, and Mike Thomas leading the way with 81 catches on, or 89 yards, 89 catches, oh my, that'd, that'd be crazy to have 89 catches in a game, 89 yards on 8 catches, 
Michael Thomas continuing to lead the way. Final was 13 to 6. So a defensive slug, defensive slug fest. But the Saints do come away with their fourth straight win. So they're now 5 and 1. And then the Atlanta Falcons, they have just become an absolute mess. They are now 1 and 5 after a heartbreaking loss as a missed extra point gave the Cardinals a 34-33 victory, which is now two in a row for the rookie head coach and quarterback combo of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They're now 2-3-1, two straight wins after that 0-3-1 start. And the Falcons, boy, that, that win over the Eagles seems like a long time ago. They've just... Like the Panthers and Saints have won four straight. The Falcons have now lost four straight. They are now one and five, and things just look completely bleak. This just does not look like a team that can turn it around. You know, we we saw last year a team like the Indianapolis Colts started one and five and then rallied to win nine of their last ten to make the playoffs. This Falcons team doesn't look like they're doing that. That's that Colts team at least was competitive in some of those games. And I think back to that Thursday night game they had against the Patriots when they were just completely rattled with injuries and still were able to hang in pretty tight with the Patriots. This Falcons team, you know, yes, they only lost by one point, but it's still a team like the Cardinals, not necessarily a a top-tier team like the Colts were with the Patriots. So this Falcons team just does not look like a team that's going to rally. This defense just looks like a shell of themselves. Uh, and it's just a matter of time now. We've already seen one coach can this year, and that was Jay Gruden. I don't know if it's going to happen in the regular season. They may wait until the day after the season ends. But I think it's safe to say that Dan Quinn's days in Atlanta are officially numbered. Uh, th- this was his make-or-break year, and especially with – him taking over the defense, and the defense just has not looked good now. Yes, they they lost Keanu Neal to injury, but uh, they, they still got to figure out a way to rally around that, and they have not. And so I uh, think things are looking pretty bad, and you're going to see a new face leading the charge in Atlanta in 2020. But that's kind of a wrap around the NFC South. So it's the Saints at 5-1, and one, the Panthers at 4-2, and two, the Buccaneers at two and four, and the Falcons now sitting at one and five. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. While the Falcons aren't exactly sitting pretty, you guys out there can sit pretty on your Peloton bike. How about that? Because Peloton is offering a limited time offer where you can get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Just go to OnePeloton.com, O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started and bluechew.com our old friends there uh 
where they always love to talk about sex and we're, and good sex, where we remember the days we're always ready to go, and now we can get those days back with Blue Chew, as Blue Chew gives you the first chewable with the same active FDA ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, they always do, and you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and they're chewable, which means you can use them anytime, they're ready to go whenever you need it, and... That you know that time will come around eventually. Now, remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for guys that just want that extra function, that ability to go to round two, so to speak. And Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made in USA and prepares and ships direct, meaning they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So visit BlueChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first shipment for free. All you got to do is just pay the $5 in shipping. So again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Get your first shipment for free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So a lot of momentum now, like I said, with the Carolina Panthers going into their bye week, and we'll see if they can continue that. Because as we talked about for you know a, a little while during, you know, actually a good while, I should say, throughout the offseason, into training camp, heading into the regular season, this is where the schedule picks up a little bit. We talked how it was very, very important for the Panthers to get off to a strong start in the first half of the season. And the first two weeks, it obviously looked bleak at, at 0-2, but now they've really turned it around. So now you're 4-2 and going into the bye week with a lot of tough games coming. And even before the season started, we talked about this game against the 49ers as a tough game because you're going out to the West Coast. You, know, you are coming off a bye week, but West Coast trips are always – you know, kind of hit and miss. They're always interesting, and the, we figure the 49ers could be a little bit of a tricky team. Well, now we're talking about the 49ers as a 5-0 and team, and all of a sudden, one of the favorites in the NFC, especially the way they dominated the Los Angeles Rams in Week 6. Now, granted, the Rams didn't have Todd Gurley, but still, a really big win for them on the road, uh, really got pressure uh, in Jared Goff's face, so... This is a tough 49ers team. Jimmy Garoppolo has played well, and the defense has been outstanding as we kind of thought they had a chance to be, especially that defensive line. Of, you know, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, all of them are playing extremely well. But fortunately now for the Panthers, they do have two weeks to get ready for the 49ers, and you know we'll probably touch on them a little bit, and certainly next week when we get a chance to talk to Brian Peacock, of locked on 49ers but I just want to kind of t talk a little bit about the rest of the schedule as a whole because like I said something we touched on 
and now it's really starting to come. So you got the 49ers coming up on the road. And the interesting thing, and this is something like I said we talked about before, it, it's still a unique kind of blip on the Panthers' schedule. They, in a sense now, don't have back-to-back road games. Like, you know, technically this game and the 49ers are quote-unquote back-to-back road games because the, the Panthers traveled to London as they acted as the road team, but they still had their bye week. So effectively coming out of the bye week, the Panthers will now alternate away, home, away, home, all the way through the rest of the season, which I, I just found, like I've said before, to be a really unique you know, tweak or quirk, I guess is a better word, for this Panther schedule. So you come out of the bye at the 49ers, which again will be a tough one. And like, like I said earlier, very likely they'll be the 6-0 and San Francisco 49ers, assuming they beat the Redskins, which they probably will. Then a little bit of a break. You're home against the Titans. We figured the Titans could go either way, but now all of a sudden the Titans have a huge question mark at quarterback because if you guys saw on Sunday, they made a change at quarterback during what amount what ended up being a shutout loss to the Denver Broncos. They benched Marcus Mariota and they put out Ryan Tannehill during the game. And again, neither ended up really working as they ended up getting shut out. Uh, so things are looking rough, I, I think, right now in Tennessee. The quarterbacks are struggling. The offensive line is struggling. The offense as a whole is struggling. Uh, so I, I think that should be a winnable game for the Panthers. But then you go to Green Bay, and we we talked a lot throughout the year that this was definitely one of the highlight games on this Panthers schedule, Week 10 at Green Bay. And Green Bay, we know they're rolling 4-1. and one. They play tonight on Monday Night Football against the Lions. Uh, and it's not really because of Aaron Rodgers. It's because of that defense has been playing extremely well. And then Aaron Jones had a huge game last week against the Cowboys, and they're really starting to get the run game going and really starting to get Aaron Jones going. It took a couple of weeks, but they're finally getting him rolling. So that's going to be a tough game. Then you're home against the Falcons. We know the Falcons have kind of had the Panthers number over the last couple seasons, but this, I think, is where the series kind of shifts back in Carolina's favor. You know, at home, definitely have to really like the Panthers in this one. Uh, I just talked about the Falcons a few minutes ago, so I don't have to get too much into that. Then you go to New Orleans. Big game. If the Panthers can avoid what happened last year and just keep things rolling going into that Saints game, then we'll we'll have this year what we thought we were going to have last year, where those two Saints games become huge in terms of uh, shifting the momentum in the NFC South division race. So that's a big game there in week 12. Then week 13, you're home against Washington. And yes, Washington won yesterday, but it was against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins missed a two-point conversion that would have won the game. So that should be a winnable game there against the Redskins. Then you go to Atlanta, play the Falcons again. Uh, despite it being on the road, should be another winnable game. And then the last three games, 
we've we've said before, and it still holds true now. It's a tough three game stretch to close the season. Week fifteen, home against Seattle, and the Seahawks are just rolling five and one right now. Then week sixteen, you travel to Indianapolis. And the Colts have been playing well. You know, they did lose to the Raiders, but of course they bounced back and had that big win over the Chiefs in week five. So that that should be a tough one, especially on the road. And then you got the Saints at home in week 17. Possible that could be for the division title. At the very least, could be for a trip to the playoffs for the Panthers. So um like we said, it's it's a tough second half. So the fact that the Panthers are going into their bye at four and two is is huge for them. Like like we said, we need it. They needed to have that strong start going into the bye to give themselves a chance uh, going going into the schedule. But again, I th- I think now both Falcons games are winnable. Uh, the Tennessee game is winnable, and the Redskins game is winnable. So that right there is would get you to eight wins. So now it's just a matter of, you know, finding wins in in some of these other games, whether it's uh, at San Francisco or at Green Bay or even if you split against the Saints, which is ideal. That would get you the nine wins. And then who knows, maybe they finally break the streak against the Seahawks. But as we've seen, you know, typically more often than not, nine and seven gets you into the playoffs. Uh, but if they can steal another one of the of these other games and get to ten wins, then we're really starting to cook. Especially, you know, now that we thought this NFC South race was going to be a, a three team race going into the season with the Falcons, and now they're more or less out of the picture. So the only team you're really competing with in the South now is the Saints. And then in terms of you know the wild card, um, there's still a lot of competition there. Obviously. Uh, Philly and Dallas battling each other for the NFC East. And you figure, uh, despite what happened to those teams yesterday, they should still be in the playoff mix. Minnesota scores a big victory over the Eagles. They're definitely in the playoff mix. The Bears should be there. I don't know if the Lions are going to be there, though. I'm still a little skeptical on them. Uh, But the Bears and Vikings, for sure. Uh, The Seahawks and 49ers. And then maybe the Rams, if they can turn things around. So, still some competition for the Panthers. but. You definitely have to feel a lot better about their chances now than just a month ago when they were sitting at 0-2. So they just got to keep this momentum up. Um, and again, I think the timing of the bye week now is is pretty nice because now you've got two weeks to prepare for what will be a tough game against the 49ers. So two weeks to prepare for what are you going to go – how is that offensive line – going to handle the the 49ers defensive line. How are how are these receivers going to tackle these uh, defensive backs of the 49ers, namely Richard Sherman at the top because you know DJ Moore's going to see a good bit of him, Curtis Samuel will see him a little bit. How are you going to scheme against Richard Sherman? And then on the flip side, how do you stop Matt Bre- Matt Breida on offense? How do you slow down Jimmy Garoppolo, how do you stop these uh, these young receivers like Dante Pettis, um, Marquise Goodwin, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd? You know, so there's a lot of talent, a lot of good players on this 49ers, on this 49ers team, not just the offense, but the team as a whole. So 
two weeks to scheme. We'll see what the Panthers can come up with, but um, this is their chance now again. Uh, they they just missed out in week one against the Rams, but now they got another chance to prove that they can hang with the best that the NFC has to offer. So big game week eight, and then that starts a big stretch for this Panthers team that really goes for the most part all the way through the end of the season. So knock on wood, cross your fingers and we'll see how far this Panthers run can go. And, you know, there's obviously going to come to a time where Cam Newton is going to be healthy and the debate begins. Do you stick with Kyle Allen or do you put Cam Newton back in there? I personally think you keep rolling with Kyle Allen. We saw it last year with Lamar Jackson when he basically beat out Joe Flacco with how well he played. Uh, Dak Prescott, of course, is another famous example. He flat out forced the Cowboys to keep him in there despite Tony Romo getting healthy. So I think you're seeing a similar situation here with Kyle Allen effectively forcing the Panthers to make a big decision whether or not to put Cam Newton back out there. And you're already starting to see people talk about Cam Newton potentially becoming a free agent in 2020 because the Panthers can cut him after this season and only have a $2 million dead money hit. But that's a discussion I think for later down the line for now, this is Kyle Allen show. And I think it'll be Kyle Allen show for the foreseeable future and beyond. But I think that'll wrap it up here on this edition of locked on Panthers. Um, Enjoy the bye week. You know, we'll obviously get back on here and talk about some things, maybe just discuss the team a little bit in general. Uh, I'd like to try to get some guests on if I can. So, you know, keep my fingers crossed that that can happen. But um, this is obviously a little bit of a chill week because it is their bye week. But uh, enjoy the victory. Big win for the Panthers. Four in a row. So celebrate if, if you haven't already or still celebrate if you plan on continuing. Uh, but whatever you do, uh, make it good, have fun. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti and follow the podcast, Spotify, Google, uh, wherever podcasts are, we're, we're basically on there. And thanks so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Tune in next time. We'll be here for more fun. Uh, until then, keep it locked here on LOP. And until next time, take care, my friends, and we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.